Hey everyone, welcome to another very special Thanksgiving episode of Lunch Therapy. I'm your host, unlicensed lunch therapist, Adam Roberts. Today on the show, I have invited my best friend, Diana Fithian, who recently moved to New York to come on because she is cooking a Thanksgiving dinner for 20 people this year. And not only that, she's cooking a vegan, gluten-free Thanksgiving, Um, although she is also making a turkey. But she's dealing with um, one of her brothers is uh, vegan and his wife is vegan. And one of her, her sister is gluten-free, has celiac, and her daughter has celiac. So I thought it'd be really interesting for you guys to hear how my friend Diana, who's an incredible cook, by the way, I should have mentioned that. She's one of the best cooks I know, how she's handling Thanksgiving with all these stipulations and, and challenges. Um, and so without further ado, here is my friend, Diana Fithian. <laughs> all right, Diana. Well, thanks for coming on Lunch Therapy to talk about your Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited. I'm a big yeah. fan. Oh, thanks. Um, well, for people who don't know, my friend Diana and I go way back. We were roommates back in the day. She knew me at the dawn of my food blog and she's become an incredible cook. And so now you're cooking Thanksgiving for 20 people. I am. Yes. It's uh, very exciting. It's my three siblings, all of their many kids. And there's actually another on the way. Um, oh, wait, who's my- pregnant? My sister-in-law, Jackie, Brian's uh-huh. wife, Jackie, is having oh, a baby, right. okay. I think, late December. That's so I don't know, maybe 21, I guess, if you count. <laughs> if you I count, count that. that yeah, boy, she's eating for two. Yeah, yeah, so 21. And you have a vegan and you have a gluten-free guest coming. Yes, well, actually two. My brother, Brian, and his wife, Jackie, and their baby on the way, all three. <laughs> are vegan. Um, and my sister, Rachel is uh, gluten-free. Um, and she actually has celiac. So it's like, you know, has to do gluten-free and her daughter actually as well is gluten-free has celiac. So I've got yeah three, three vegans or two and a half vegans and two gluten-free, but I think I'm going to kind of have like, we're hosting people for almost the whole week. And I Mm -hmm. think we're going to have like gluten-free pretty much the whole week because it's actually pretty tricky to, you know, you you don't want to have to be like keeping track of what's gluten-free and what's not gluten-free. So I think the whole holiday is going to be gluten-free, but it won't all be vegan. If that makes Oh, interesting. Because in the past, I remember like when you've hosted Thanksgiving before you you basically like made it interesting is like there's two strategies one is to offer some gluten-free options and to offer some vegan options but also yes. have some carnivorous options but in the past you just did all gluten-free all vegan right well the, the last time what i did we, we hosted christmas three years ago and we did i think like the night the night before we did a vegan lasagna and then that was vegan but with regular pasta and then we did a gluten-free lasagna that had you know, maybe meat in it, but was gluten-free oh, wow. and keeping track of the different pastas and the, you know, it's and so not funny contaminating. I had like smoke coming out of my ears. <laughs> it feels like an nice. SAT problem. If there's like three it vegans, really... like one lasagna. Well, and there's like what feels like 25 children under yeah. as well. It's actually only like eight children, but it feels like 30 children. So, um, so yeah, this year, I think we're just going to do all gluten-free, but I am doing a turkey. Okay. So 
I haven't told my brother yet. So, now, so can we, can we, talk, about the, yeah, can we talak about yeah, can we talk about the fact that your brother gets a little intense about the veganism? I mean, is that oh, well, fair game? <laughs> yes. I wouldn't say he gets intense, but he's, I mean, you know, vegans are, they're really like, they're making an intense sacrifice. You know, it's like, it takes a lot of work to be vegan. It takes a lot of thought to truly be vegan. So it's obviously something that he feels strongly about, but, um, well, I only mean that in a sense, in the sense that like, he doesn't want anybody eating Turkey, right? Like he'd prefer well, for there not, he'd prefer for there know, not to be Turkey. Any on vegan, if you ask them, do you want people eating Turkey? They would say, of course, I don't want people eating Turkey. And you know, it's, what's good about it is that it got me to think more deeply about like the Turkey that I did get. So like the Turkey, the, the, place I'm getting the turkey from, I have seen videos of these turkeys frolicking in the pasture. I know <laughs> that the tur- I know okay. that the turkeys have lived a good life. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that like knowing that I had to at least, I try to buy humane meat anyway, but I mm-hmm. knew that this turkey had to be like particularly bulletproof. So, well, not bulletproof. So <laughs> they don't shoot the turkeys. Don't they just chop their heads off? <laughs> They, they shoot turkeys, don't they? That's a Jane Fonda movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, the turkey is has, will have lived up to the last moment of its life, which won't be pleasant. Will have lived a good life. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, in the past though, so there are people maybe listening who have gluten-free relatives and who have yeah. um, vegan relatives. So in the past, when you've done like a holiday dinner where you don't serve meat, what have you served right. as your main entree? Well, actually, when we did Christmas a few years ago, I chose to do for Christmas dinner, I did a pescatarian dinner and I did like a whole side of salmon, like I don't know, it was like six pounds of salmon. And I did like a honey glaze. I think it's a Cook's Illustrated recipe where you do a honey, you salt it ahead, you brush honey on it, and then you roast and then broil it. And so it has this lovely burnished top. And that's a really good um, recipe if you're doing a pescatarian Thanksgiving or Christmas because the flavor profiles of it is sort of harmonious with like, I I don't know if we did stuffing, but we did like a jeweled rice because Mm. of the gluten-free. I tend to do like a a wild rice stuffing, you know? It was like a wild rice, jeweled rice stuffing um, that I did. And does your brother eat fish? Well, my brother, well, here's the other thing I actually have, it's my, there's two and a half vegans, but then my brother will is pescatarian. I can't leave him out. So he's pescatarian. (laughs) He doesn't eat meat. So we actually have pescatarians, vegans and celiac. So there's that in the mix as well. So it's like, if I do fish, that's one more person who can eat it. And so my brother my brother will doesn't eat meat either. He also won't be eating the turkey. But does Brian so, eat the fish? Brian, no. Well, Brian's vegan, so he doesn't eat the fish. No. So was he there a, was there an entree for Brian? I think for Brian, um, I'm trying to think what I did. I think I might have done like a like roasted mushrooms, or I mm-hmm. might have done uh, roasted squash. Um, and, but there was a lot of other things that were like vegan. Did I do like green beans with like, um, caramelized shallots and lemon, mm-hmm. um, which is really good and vegan and gluten-free. Um, and then I, it was a somewhat elaborate, like rice stuffing with a lot of like nuts and, you know, dried cherries and that kind of thing and spices for him. 
Um, and I'm trying to think what I did for his vegan entree last time. I actually just recipe tested the vegan entree that I'm doing this Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, which I'm doing like a, it's a stuffed squash. I'm doing mm-hmm. a roasted delicata squash stuffed with a vegan sausage stuffing, rice stuffing. So it'll actually be gluten-free and vegan. And the delicata is like the one that looks like a tube sort of like you. Yeah, it sort of looks like a tube. And I think it's kind of the best. It's Mm -hmm. one of the best, most flavorful. I just bought some of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good, actually. And they're not stringy like some squashes are. Um, So that hollowed out and you roast it. And then the dressing is like um, a wild rice blend cooked like a pilaf and then mixed with like dried cherries, kale, um, you know, apple cider and vegan sausage, which I've actually, I had vegan sausage with my brothers and I tend to sometimes like, I'm not always inclined. I mean, I eat meat, so there's no reason for me to be testing out like vegan sausages in my life, but Mm -hmm. the vegan sausages are actually pretty good. Well, it's good Um, for the environment. It's good for the environment. They actually taste pretty good. If somebody, I bet if somebody gave you breakfast sausages, vegan breakfast sausages, and just presented it to you as meat, yeah. I'm not sure that you would know. No, Whereas, I've used like, impossible we, meat. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible. It's and good, I, I think that's meat. where the future is going. I think, I yeah. think in the future, we're all going to be eating that. So we're on, you know, we're on the path. Yeah. You think, well, do you think we'll be all vegans in the future? Vegetarians? No, do I don't think it'll be voluntary. I think it will just be like the earth will be so bad off that livestock yeah. will, you know, be no more. Oh, wow. You've got an apocalyptic Vision. And I want you to read my brochure. You may as well read our turkeys while we can, huh? <laughs> I'm wearing a sign right now that says the end is nigh. Um, okay, well, so Diana, this so now- a dark turn. <laughs> but I was um, going to ask you, when you have 20 people coming out, I should say I've been cooking for 15 years, maybe yeah. 16, 17. Um, I've never cooked for 20 people. I cooked for 16 once for Thanksgiving at home, and that was its own right. thing. But 20 yeah. is a lot. So do you have a game plan? Like, do you have like a, like a legal pad with everything written out? Or how are you going to do this? Well, I think what I'll do is, you know, two days before we'll pick up the turkey from the farm where it'll be frolicking up to the last moment. (laughs) Really into this frolicking. You're going to say that turkey, that turkey doesn't look like it frolicked enough. I want to frolic. (laughs) That's right. Shoot the the happy one. If it it doesn't have a smile (laughs) on its face, we won't take it. Um, So he'll bring bum the turkey and we'll do, I like to do like an herb butter Kind of How many thing. pounds of a turkey are you going to get? I'm going to get a, a 19 to 22 pound turkey. Wow. That's huge. I know, but it's a lot of people I figure, you know, yeah. and I'm not sure I'm going to be cooking meat other nights. And so, you know, it's nice to have leftovers of a turkey. Sure. I'm not like saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying, no, like but it a is lot it's a bigger turkey. turkey. I've cooked a lot of like 15, 16 pound turkeys and this yeah. will be the big, and I'm a little nervous because I know like the bigger the bigger a piece of protein is, the easier it is to overcook it. And with turkeys, mm-hmm. obviously, there's the concern about overcooking, but I don't know. Well, you know, whatever. Did, we'll, we'll did you test your um, oven to make sure it's going to fit? I'm pretty sure it'll fit, you know, because it's a normal sized oven. And if I get the rack all the way at the bottom, I'm confident. I can always, you know, hack it up. Yeah, that's what Melissa Clark said she was going to do. She was splitting one with a neighbor and they were going to oh, cut it in half, yeah. which I think is funny. Um, so, okay, you said you're going to do an herb butter. So I'm going to do an herb butter. Yeah. yeah. And so I'll do like, well, I'll, first I'll, I'll probably like salt it and, you know, I'll salt it a couple of days ahead. 
Mm-hmm. And then I'll and let it dry out in the fridge, do like a dry brine, and then I'll do like an herb butter. And then I think I'll also make uh, some turkey stock ahead because like we're going to need a lot of gravy. Mm-hmm. And one thing I hate is when there's not enough gravy because mm. gravy is like the best thing. So That's so funny. Like, You're the opposite of Melissa Clark and I because we both said we thought cranberry sauce was the best thing and we didn't even care about gravy. Interesting. Well, I love cranberry sauce too. And a cranberry sauce is another thing, both gravy and cranberry sauce. When I eat them, I'm like, why are we not eating this like all the time? You know? <laughs> so how so do you do your gravy? So you make your own turkey stock. Well, let's start with that. Yeah. So if people are listening and they want to make their own turkey stock before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So how do you do it ahead? Well, you basically, you know, you just buy turkey parts, turkey wings, probably the easiest or turkey drumsticks, but probably like wings would be the most cost-effective and then you can either brown them or not brown them in the oven for a little while until they're a little brown or just stick them in some water raw with like a halved onion and carrot and celery and maybe some if you have some herbs um, and then just like boil it for as long simmer it for the longer the better at least to like a couple hours but mm-hmm. you know, sort of like simmer it until like bedtime the other day i made like <laughs> chicken stock i have to be like now there's all these things i used to do i have three little kids and I used to yeah. people, you know, yeah, I've, I've <laughs> met them. They're nice. <laughs> um, so I made like chicken stock with the carcass of a roast chicken the other day, which is a habit I had gotten out of. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to like make chicken stock. I haven't done it in a while. And I put it on to boil. And then I was like doing bedtime with the kids. And I had realized that I had left the chicken stock <laughs> on like a hard boil and I hadn't oh, lowered no. it. And so I was like, so distracted. And then I went out and it was like nearly all boiled down. So, but it was okay. Was good, like, yeah. That's just it was good though. It was fine. Good. But, yeah. but I'm definitely like more distracted now than I was. Sure. Like, well, that's that why I'm wondering about the turkey stock. Before. Yeah. I mean, do you really need to make, I mean, being honest, like, do you need to make turkey stock to make gravy? Like, couldn't you just use boxed stock? It's Well, I would say that box stock, I'm kind of with Mark Bittman that boxed stock is fine if you're making like a risotto or something where there's a lot of other flavors, but I really don't think any boxed stock is all that good. Hmm. But you don't get like, if you're just gonna do drippings from a turkey, you don't always get a lot of drippings enough to make enough. So, you know, in a pinch box is fine, like totally fine. Um, But I personally, since I just really love gravy Mm -hmm. and I particularly like gravy and I don't wanna run out of gravy, you know, um, also it'll be a gluten-free gravy. So I'll probably use like potato starch or cornstarch. Wow. Yeah. Or, you know, or maybe the gluten-free flour blends, honestly, we'll see, we'll see which flour I use, but you can't just use, you can't use like regular flour to make. And will you do it? The, are you going to do it the same day of Thanksgiving? You're going to roast the turkey, take it I, out. Yeah. I think I will make the gravy day of, um, okay. with the drippings and everything. Um, well, so why don't you walk us through your menu for this right. year's thing? So the menu is going to be gigantic turkey, um, gravy, and cranberry sauce, just like a traditional cranberry sauce with like orange juice and orange zest and mm. cranberries and sugar. That's the best part. Um, yeah, I love cranberry sauce. And then also um, for the vegan main is going to be roasted delicata squash with a vegan sausage, kale, and rice. And Are you making sauce. enough for it? Oh, and, yes. and what? I'm going to make Sorry. a lot of that because that's, it's doubling as the vegan main, uh-huh. but also the like squash right. moment and also the stuffing 
Oh, that's smart. Wow. That's a good yeah. strategy. So, so it's you've kind combined, of yeah. So it's, it's good yeah. for the vegans. It's good for the gluten-free yeah, and it's good exactly. for the omnivores. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's going to be the stuffing and it's really, it's really, because basically it's just inside the squash is just stuffing. So and where did you get this recipe from? That recipe, I, yeah, I should, um, it's uh, Lydie Hueck from the New York Times is a stuffed squash and she does an acorn squash and it's not actually a vegan recipe, but mm-hmm. it's really good. Um, okay. It's a really good recipe. And I added the cherries, um, but yeah, it's a great recipe. Really. Good. Oh, I stepped on you when you were saying cherries earlier. So it ha- the stuffing has cherries in it too. Yes, Dried the cherries. stuffing has cherries. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's going to be the stuffing, the squash and the vegan main. And then question. Gonna do- oh, go yeah. ahead. Go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I want to hear what you're going to do. And then I'll ask that question. And then I'm also going to do mashed potatoes because I, Mark was just, he was trying, my husband, Mark was trying to convince me to do a gratin, mm. a potato gratin, but I have to say like a Hasselbeck potato gratin, but I love mashed potatoes personally. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. I'm just like, and also what's nice about mashed potatoes is that you can do um, it's easy to just cook the potatoes. I just like boil the potatoes in chunks and then you divide it. I'll do like two thirds with like buttermilk and butter mm-hmm. and then two thirds with um, olive oil and like plant-based milk. So this vegan, so there'll be oh vegan God. mashed potatoes and regular gluten-free mashed potatoes. This is potatoes. so much work for you. My God, your family is torturing you. I think I have a solution. I have a solution for you. Just disinvite the vegans and disinvite the gluten-free people. You'll be but so much I better off. I actually enjoy it. And <laughs> actually, honestly, like my brother has been vegan for many, many years. And my sister has been uh, gluten-free for like 15 years. Um, so honestly, like we're all kind of used to keeping track of these things. And it's kind of, if you enjoy cooking, yeah. it's kind of fun to, it's like almost like a math problem of like, mm-hmm. what, what, what can we all eat? Yeah. And, the, and honestly, what we can all eat together is tricky, but, but there's a lot of dishes that you can make. Like, I think I'm going to make like a mushroom soup yeah. also in the week, because they're going to be around for like a whole week, my family. And then you just cook the mushrooms and then you can do like half with cream. And then you can do half with like, either like a cashew cream or like a, you know, plant-based milk, but it's easy. It's nice when you have a, a recipe that you can do most of the way and then just is finished with Mm -hmm. butter or cream or finished with something that's not butter and cream. So it's easy to divide up. This is a good idea for a cookbook. Like you do the main, like the normal recipe, not normal, but like the, the one that has everything in it. And then you offer like the gluten-free option and then don't steal this if you're listening to this. Um, (laughs) Okay. My question for you though, is are you going to put out food at the beginning for people to snack on? Like, are you doing appetizers or hors d'oeuvres? You know, we'll probably, honestly, like they'll have to be food out for the kids because kids will not eat. They will not wait to eat. But honestly, I think what I'll probably do is I'll plan for dinner to be relatively early because Mm -hmm. it's always like a little bit later than you think it's going to be, right? Right. Everything like the turkey takes a little long. I mean, also like this gigantic turkey. I've never cooked a turkey this big before. But I do think I'll probably have like a little bit of appetizers, but also... I mean, I think it was like Sam Sifton in his Thanksgiving book was like, you don't want people, like nothing sadder than people like filling up on deviled eggs when you've like slaved all day. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful with cheese. I mean, it's the same with the dinner party. If you put right. out cheese, 
people will absolutely fill up on cheese and they will not be hungry for the food you've cooked. So I think I'm going to try to, you know, everybody maybe have like a glass of wine. So they're mm-hmm. like in a welcoming mood yeah. and like maybe some like, you know, gluten-free crackers and crudite yeah. hummus, but like, I'm probably going to try to get people to hold off from like stuffing their faces with the cheese ball. You That's know? a good idea. So don't think too much about like snacky foods before. Well, it's just like, of- and it's also like too much work. Also in the past, we've done like a salad and people have like eaten the salad ahead of time. But like, I don't think, I do think I'm going to make a salad. I think I'm going to do like a persimmon and pomegranate seed and arugula salad, which is also Salads are really good when you have people with dietary concerns because it's like vegan salad, whatever can be delicious. You can make a normal salad that's vegan and it's also naturally gluten-free, but, but like don't have people eat the salad before because then the tricky, everything's getting cold while people eat the salad and like the salad is not really what. Nobody really wants uh, salad on Thanksgiving. It's true. It's true. I think I mean, a Brussels sprout, like we talked about doing like yes. shaved Brussels sprouts. Like, I think that's a good yeah. one because it, it kind of feels one. more Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask And I'm you also going to do green beans. Uh, wow. So, so how much of this are you doing ahead and how much of this are you doing day of? And also you need to tell us what desserts you're doing. Oh, well, you know, I might actually, because vegan baking and gluten-free baking are something of an art, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to farm out because I was kind of like, you know, I can't. I mean, I still have my children, right? That I have to, that will be screaming for me all day, like always. And so I was like, I can't commit to also making a bunch of desserts. So Wow, lazy bones. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm not We're also, in addition to the turkey, we're also (laughs) picking up desserts from, we're going to get the gluten-free desserts from By The Way Bakery, which is a very good gluten-free bakery in New York. In New York, where you guys just in New York, yeah. Yep. I think you have like four outposts. And then we're I think we're gonna get the vegan gluten-free stuff from Flourish Bakery, which is another I have not been there, but also seems very good. Another like more vegan and gluten has gluten-free options. So I'm gonna get some pies, like apple crumb. There's like a apple crumb and like a the Flourish Bakery makes like a vegan and gluten-free pumpkin cheesecake, which I am very curious about. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but What's you know, the cheese? The, like cashew cheese or something? I don't know. And maybe like, I know that sometimes people do tofu uh-huh. in cheesecake for vegan cheesecake, but probably they just did yeah. that on the Great British Baking Show. This guy had to do, oh. he used tofu for, um, maybe for his ice cream, actually. It was, a, it was like a gluten-free, oh. dairy-free challenge. What did, what did Paul Hollywood think about that? Was he convinced? I think they like the flavors. They didn't like the texture, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Um, okay, but I think that's really smart. I think if people are listening because, you know, Melissa Clark, she's just cooking for three. She's cooking for her husband and her daughter. Yeah. And it's like very different. Like she's going to make an apple pie. She's going to make, a, but you're like on the other end of this and you're cooking for 20. And I think it's yeah. to- totally legitimate. And I mean, Ina Garten would approve of you oh, yeah. outsourcing the desserts. But it's funny because I know you so well. I also think you enjoy making desserts. So I almost wondered, did you think about outsourcing some of the other stuff and making Well, the desserts? truth is though that desserts, um, you know, because we're doing gluten-free and vegan, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely confident in baking and, you know, honestly, like I have like a, a decently deep bench of gluten-free desserts that I make now, but it's, 
I think it's just like, I don't have time to do everything and farming out. I think if you're going to farm out something, farming out dessert is the thing that makes the most sense because dessert is very time consuming, especially like pies are, are time consuming. Oh yeah. And it's like, if you're, if you're choosing between farming out the turkey and farming out the dessert or farming out the sides, it's like, you know, it's, I would say that you're not gonna, if you're gonna pick up a, not that there's anything wrong with picking up a cooked turkey either, but you know, it's, it's not as much as people make about how difficult it is to cook turkey. It really is just like a, it's a, just a really big bird that you just roast in the oven with, you know, it just has to have salt and pepper on the skin really. It'd be fine. Well, I think the outsourcing the desserts is also really nice because you have a big variety and like, yeah, you know, exactly. if, you, if I was coming over for right. Thanksgiving dinner and like you had like one daintily made like beautiful vegan dessert for like yeah. 20 people versus like a whole table of desserts, I'd rather have the yeah. table of desserts. So I think yeah, you've done that sure. very well, but you, okay. What's the other question was, um, how much are you making ahead and how much are you doing the right. day of? Well, I think beforehand, I'll definitely make the cranberry sauce, uh, get the turkey ready the night before and salt it a couple days in advance. Um, And I'll definitely, I think um, for me, like mashed potatoes is day of, um, and green beans and salad is day of. The stuffing, I'll probably like, I think I'll do the the rice component ahead of time. Mm And, but some, some aspects of it, it, like this, you know, browning the sausage and, you know, doing like the celery and, and shallots and all that stuff. I do think I'll probably make that day of, so mm-hmm. it's going to be like a scramble, I think, but mm-hmm. it'll all come together. I mean, the, the truth is when you need to cook fast, you kind of can cook fast. Yeah. I think what I'll have to say to people is just like, I just like need to be a negligent mother today. Like I need, like just <laughs> yeah, leave watch the, the kids TV for me. On. Yeah, it'll be a little vacation like, for you. I think yeah, you'll enjoy we'll just yourself. like let them watch TV all day. It's a holiday. Yeah. Just let them like be glazed in front of <laughs> TV. You know, that's a really good idea. And which they will love. Yeah. The big question that um, people had from Melissa Clark, which now I'll ask you, is about temperature. Because like, okay, mm-hmm. if you make the mashed potatoes day of, you make the green beans day of, and the um, squash and the turkey, like, how are you timing this so that the food is hot? Or are you making right. it like earlier in the day and then like heating it up in the microwave? Yeah, well, I would say I'm also lucky for the first time in my life, I have two ovens. Oh, so show that's, off. Like, I know it's very bougie. I know to have, it's very (laughs) suburban of me is the truth. We're we're living the suburban life now. So what what we lose out in like restaurants and access to cool stuff, we, we make up for in our double ovens and, and a double fridge with, which we have like an old, it's like barely running. It's probably like 25 years old, this fridge. (laughs) I'm just hoping it can like putter its way through Thanksgiving before it dies. But (laughs) So, yeah. So anyway, um, I would say what she said, I mean, she's the, you know, she's the queen. She's great. But yeah, I I agree with her that like turkey needs to be hot. Gravy needs to be, you know, cold gravy is disgusting. Um, But yeah, I mean, like I would say that um, make sure that you can warm things up because really if you have things on like a, either in like a pan or on a, on a sheet tray, you can, if you have several racks in, in your oven, you can stuff it into your oven. Well, yeah, like she said, while the turkey is resting, mm-hmm. you just put the, we'll put the, the vegan main in there and like the potatoes, you know, potatoes, you can just kind of 
you just leave on the stovetop with the lid on them mm-hmm. and then you carefully reheat them. You know, they just sit there and like, you keep like eating. I end up like, I feel like every Thanksgiving, I'm like not hungry by the time dinner <laughs> has come. Cause I'm just like tasting the potatoes sure. and yeah. I'm just like full on mashed potatoes That's basically funny. and gravy by the time it's time to eat. So I, cause I just love mashed potatoes, but so yeah, the mashed potatoes can sit on the stovetop. And then things like, you know, the green beans don't have to be super hot. Obviously, a nice thing about a salad, even though they're like, you know, not necessarily a must at Thanksgiving is that it doesn't, you know, just have the salad ready and then don't mm-hmm. talk, have have somebody standing nearby, have the salad ready separate from the dressing, have someone nearby, toss them together at the very last minute. And another thing I hate, my pet peeve is when you're ready to cook. And then everybody's like, oh, wait, like we need to open the wine. Like we need to do this. Like we need to no. like get the wine open, like <laughs> make sure while you are finishing yeah. it, when somebody's carving the turkey, somebody else mm-hmm. needs to be opening and pouring the wine. So there's no right. like. Do you pay people to work in your family? I mean, are you I'm opening not good your about kitchen? That, but yeah. I will. I mean, it's, it's one of those days where like, even if you're not, it's not something that you tend to do in your normal life. Mm-hmm. I think I'm like a control freak. I'm not a control yeah. freak in many Me realms too. of yeah. my life, but I am a control freak when it comes to cooking. And so uh-huh. I think like my lack of delegation is not necessarily out of like a spirit of generosity. It's <laughs> <more> just being. <laughs> it's narcissism. It's narcissism. Yeah, and culinary narcissism. I've got OCD. that. Yeah. yeah now, but... is it? Um, well, first of all, this is lunch therapy, so this is perfect subject matter. Uh, mm-hmm. So, when you're cooking um, for Thanksgiving, so if somebody comes in the kitchen, like your sister comes in, like, "Hey, let me help you with that," and then she takes like, a handful of salt and like dumps it into the mashed potatoes. Like, <laughs> would you like freak out? I say she's not my sister anymore. <laughs> Um, Got it. Well, okay. nobody would ever do that because they know yeah. me. This is my right. family. Honestly, yeah. I think that like they know me well enough that like they don't even now they know not to even ask what can I do because <laughs> same, they know that asking here. what can yeah. I do, then I have to take the time to say, oh, that's really okay. That's all right. <laughs> but honestly, right. like setting the table, like the table, that's another thing. Like the table, and you're really good about that, having the table set like well sure. in advance. That's not something that. that all the things that could slow things down last minute because it really does annoy me when like the food is hot it's ready to go you've timed Mm -hmm. it just right but now people are like fumbling with like setting the table and like pouring the wine and debating which Mm -hmm. wine to have well everything's getting cold that sounds like a pet like like that really wrinkled you in the past like that's something that must have come up a couple times (laughs) where people were opening wine and keep the toasts (laughs) Thanksgiving toasts are great, but keep them short. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because like culinary narcissism, as you were talking, I was thinking about my own culinary narcissism. And I think that is the reason I don't cook Thanksgiving anymore because I, I took it so seriously. But yeah. I think I went overboard. Like, I, I mean, I've made like 16 individual pumpkin mousse parfaits with candy ginger. Oh, that ginger, sounds like a lot of work. And I made cornbread from scratch to make like cornbread stuffing. And then I, did, I just did so well, much. Sounds, I, I, I bet it was an, an incredible Thanksgiving. But nobody cares that much. Actually, what I learned is it's not about the ego of the chef and like showing off. It actually makes everybody so much more comfortable if you're at if you're at ease and you just give them the bait. I mean, you can put like little spins on it, but just they they want the gravy, they want the turkey, they want the cranberry sauce, they want some vegetable, and like 
everybody will be happy. So I think to put everyone right. listening at, at ease, like don't freak out that Diana's making her own turkey stock because you don't. Oh have to do well, that. and honestly, yeah, is that really going to happen? Oh, you don't even think that's going to happen? You're a liar. I mean, oh my somebody's going to. It's too. easy for me to say now that I'm going to make my own turkey stock, but like mm-hmm. cut to, I'll be like having some like philosophical debate about Trump. <laughs> and I won't get around, I'll be like yelling about politics and I won't get around to making the turkey stock and I'll decide that like whatever point I'm making is like more important than the quality of the gravy in the moment. So you should poison all the Trump supporters that you're in your family. <laughs> um, sorry um, if you're a Trump supporter listening but, to this, oh, oh, but I doubt thing that. I was going to say that it's almost kind of nice. It's almost nice to have um, limitation. Well, not limitations, but guidelines. Like if you have you know, people who have dietary constraints, it's totally fine because the truth is it's kind of overwhelming. The number of things that you could make for Thanksgiving yeah. is overwhelming. So to say like, okay, well, it's just, or, or you know, it's going to be a pescatarian Thanksgiving. Well, that, that would have been fine. You know, it's like, so whatever, or if it's gluten-free, well, just don't, you know, make a rice stuffing instead yeah. of a bread stuffing or make it with gluten-free cornbread. You know, it's like all of these things in some ways, all I know is that like, when you go on the New York Times site and you look at like Thanksgiving recipes, there's like 10,000 and Mm -hmm. without, I mean, I don't even know without the constraints of like veganism and gluten-free how I would ever decide, you know, what- Well, it makes you think of, I've I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but it reminds me of like being in writing school, which Diana and I went to writing school together and like being told to write a scene like of two people in an elevator like right. that the, con- the constraints are actually what yes. make it um, easier to write than just like write anything. Like it's harder to just yeah. write anything. And so I think you're absolutely right. Like having some constraints makes it easier to choose a menu. But before right. we go, I want to ask you specifically now for people who are really into your culinary point of view, because you, you kind of casually alluded to how you were going to do your turkey. You said you're going to salt and pepper it ahead and then you're going to make an herb butter. But like what temperature will, will the oven be and what's in the herb butter? And are you putting it on the outside right. of the turkey, on the inside? Yes. Are you stuffing it with anything? Well, I should say this is a Tom Colicchio recipe. So I didn't mm-hmm. come up with the herb butter myself. It's a Tom Colicchio turkey with herb butter recipe. And um, yeah, so it's just, but I would say that I do... Um, salt and pepper. And that ideally you do like a couple of days ahead. And then once the salt gets in, then you do maybe the day of really, then you just do the herb butter with like, you know, poultry herbs of like rosemary and sage and thyme mixed with butter and like lemon how many death. sticks of butter are we talking about that are we talking about like two oh, sticks God. of butter like a I lot mean, for a big turkey like that or like a 15 pound turkey it was two sticks of butter right but I would say for this giant turkey, maybe three or four sticks, maybe like a pound of butter at least. And you're slathering it all on the outside Slather of the bird? it all over into yeah. the cavity, all around, but really like under the and under the skin, get yeah. it under the skin, put it on the breast. I know you do a lot of butter with your roast chicken. Oh yeah. I love, and it makes such a difference. Yeah, it, it really turns does. it brown. I think the thing about butter is people are scared of butter because it's full, full of fat or whatever. But it's like yeah. that's what first of all, it, it um keeps the turkey moist or keeps the chicken yeah. moist. And second of all, it gives it such a great color. I think that's where yeah. people see like the like cover of Food and yeah. Wine magazine and they see a burnished, beautiful turkey and that right. they wonder why theirs didn't come out that way. It's because they didn't put butter on it. Yeah, yeah. I find that like poultry skin without butter only gets so brown, but with the 
butter really helps. And also I feel like when people complain that turkey is not flavorful, it's like turkey itself is not that flavorful, but if you, if you put like tons of, of herb butter under the skin, like mm -hmm. right up against the breast, it really does make it much more flavorful. It's, mm -hmm. and also there's like some smashed, it's not totally dissimilar from Melissa Clark's, except mine's like mashed with a bunch of butter. Um, but right. it's, uh, garlic cloves as well. So garlic, lemon zest, sage, rosemary, thyme, pep, a lot of pepper. And then there's no salt at that point because it's already been salted. And then like that all over. And then you have to have like, I think you do like, I think in the recipe, it might call for apple cider, but you do it might, you might want to like water down the apple cider with like water so that it doesn't. So when the, cause there's a lot of butter then that comes out and drips mm -hmm. down so that it doesn't burn at the bottom. There needs to I be see. liquid at the bottom, Got it. but honestly, um, you can also, when you make the, um, the gravy with the mm -hmm. drippings of that, it's so delicious because it's like the, the fat, you don't just have the fat from the turkey, but you have the melted herb butter mm. mixed with the turkey fat. And then when you, and you have a lot of fat, honestly, then left over at the end, you have tons and tons of fat to make the gravy with. Um, so then if you have extra stock, right. Mm -hmm. And then you have this really delicious, like melted butter and turkey fat, you can make lots of like really good. I like to make like a big thing of gravy. You're obsessed with gravy. Oh my God. I, I didn't even realize. <laughs> you should do that flash dancing where she pulls the bucket over her head, except it's gravy. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so what temperature is the oven at with the turkey? Is it always oh, at a I low temperature? Say, I mean, I think there's a lot of back and forth about this, but mm. I, you know, I really think that all the futzing with it is not that important. I mean, I would say that I, at, at this point, I probably just put it in at like 325, like a mm -hmm. moderate temperature um and just leave it for a long time how many yeah. hours do you think your your bird oh will that stay? honestly i have no idea yeah <laughs> no it's idea just like a all. certain math that's like for every pound yeah. it's a certain amount of minutes mm -hmm. um and so when you do we talk about the gravy so you're going to take the turkey out and then you add some kind of gluten-free flour but are you going to pour out some of the fat or are you going to leave all the fat in there oh i'll make it in a different pan i think so i'll i'll have the fat and then I'll make the roux with a lot of the fat. I'll try it. I'll try to sense of like how much gravy I'm going to try to make, mm -hmm. but it's going to be a lot of fat because yeah. it's like, that's what makes gravy delicious. A lot of fat. And then I have to decide whether I'm going to do a roux with like a standard gluten-free flour, which I think I probably will mm -hmm. because, you know, like cornstarch, a cornstarch gravy is like pretty, it's pretty tasty, but it has a slightly different consistency. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more, I mean, you know, what cornstarch it makes yeah. it a little bit more pudding like almost, yeah well almost like the the liquid in a pie where mm -hmm. it's it's not like you don't have that darkened roux but right. it's still perfectly delicious it's like gluten-free gravy is still totally delicious it just has a slightly different texture and do you use any apple cider in the gravy or that's just in the bottom you of know the because there's apple cider in the um at the bottom of the turkey those drippings have like apple cider so that has mm -hmm. like a little bit of sweetness yeah, this turkey recipe, the Tom Colicchio herb butter turkey recipe makes a really good gravy, but, but it's nice to have extra stock, but you can also just have extra stock from like, honestly, when we, we make turkey every year at my in-laws house, Stan and Patricia, and we just boil that, you know, I don't make turkey stock there. We just boil the neck and the giblets. 
-hmm. And then, so, and th there we cut up the giblets. I don't know whether I'll cut up the giblets. I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm like team cut up giblets in the gravy. Yeah, I've you know how people that. do that? Cut up yeah. the liver stuff and put it in the gravy. Stan really likes that. And that's good. So we do that at his house. Um, but yeah, but you can just boil that stuff and then you have stock. Mm -hmm. You just leave that boiling for the whole time the turkey's roasting. And then you have like a small pot full of, you know, perfectly delicious turkey stock to go along with it. It's well, funny. Diana. I never realized how obsessed I am with gravy. I yeah, really, this is like the I gravy chronicles. I think I'm chronicles. making turkey. <laughs> Yeah. Just so I can make gravy. Maybe Interesting. I, I mean, you can even do that with a roast chicken if you like it so much. You can just like take the fat. From I the do. Roast chicken. You know, yeah. honestly, it's one of those things where it's so delicious. But yeah. you know, can you really eat gravy once a week your whole life? And like, I don't even like gravy that much. Life? To be honest, like, I'm not a gravy fan. I don't. I don't think I really understand it but now I do because you just walked me through it. But like, I still. I guess you it's understand just gravy. I've seen you make gravy on video. Oh, well, those are private videos that I, I only sent to you. Um, I, yeah, I, I find gravy kind of like, it feels like cafeteria food to me. I guess I, like, I associate it with like being in a cafeteria and getting like meatloaf and mashed potatoes with like gravy slopped onto like, maybe I don't think. Yeah. I even like that kind of gravy, cafeteria yeah. gravy, but maybe it's because I grew up in the South. Maybe it's like a Southern thing because I, you know, like that kind of gluey gravy which often is very delicious. I think I did grow up with that kind of gravy in the South. Mm -hmm. Like gravy is, a, is, is not just a food you'd eat twice a year for, for better and for worse. <laughs> well, I, you know, when I did that, my, my super ambitious Thanksgiving where I cooked all those things, I did an apple Jack whiskey gravy. Oh, that sounds delicious. That was really good. And it actually might go with your um, apple cider flavors, but you basically deglaze yeah. the pan with apple Jack and you, pit, you work up all the brown oh, bits with it good. and then um yeah. so you're not using the brown bits at the bottom of the pan when you oh well look we'll see what happens i mean also sometimes sometimes you have good brown bits and sometimes it's a little burned honestly it depends yeah. on how vigilant you are with the water in the bottom if you're vigilant and careful mm -hmm. but sometimes sometimes when i'm at stan and patricia's we'll like we'll put the turkey in and then we'll go out shopping or something or go to the mall which you know me is never my idea but i try to be a good sport you know yeah it's like you know it's fun like why why let the turkey run your life you know so we'll go out and if i'm not being really like controlling about it then like you know maybe the the brown bits maybe they're a little burned but if they look great then yeah like maybe you just make the turkey in the bottom of the roasting pan if they're burned then don't worry about it just pour it off and don't worry that it's black because sometimes it's burnt so are you, are you looking forward to this? Or are you stressed out? By I actually, I am looking forward to it. Well, look, it's my family, you yeah. know, they're not, first of all, I think I know that it will be, honestly, I'm glad that I tested. The only thing I tested this year was the vegan main course because mm -hmm. last a few years ago, I think I tested like a vegan main course that was like a stuffed pumpkin. And it oh. turned out really bad. It was oh no. It was terrible. But no, but that was the thing because I had tested, I was like, I'm really glad I'm not, it looked beautiful. It looked so cool. It was like a stuffed pumpkin. What was the stuff with? It was stuffed with like rice uh -huh. and it was fine, but it was like, it didn't get caramelized. And I think I, you know, it's like vegan cooking is the same as any, it's just, you know, right. it's, it's food, just like any kind of food. It's, you want it to be brown. You want it to be rich. So it was just like not, it wasn't good. And I was like, I'm really glad that I tested this. Cause I I've would seen, say yeah. that like, 
Nowadays, I feel like if it's not vegan or gluten-free, I can look at the recipe now and I can, t- I'm sure you are the same. You can tell whether it's going to be good or not, Sure. but if it's vegan or gluten-free, I don't know necessarily until I make it, whether it'll be, or whether it'll be like, okay, or whether mm-hmm. it'll be really good, you know? There's a, so, a Dory Greenspan recipe that's not uh, vegan or probably gluten-free. I, in fact, it's not either of those things, but it's like a pumpkin that you you pull out all the insides and you put like um, cheese and like oh, bread, well, I'm sure bread that cubes. Yeah, it's like bread and cream and like mm-hmm. Gruyere cheese. And I've always- I bet that would be there. delicious. And that's a really great idea for like a vegetarian main. I would also say with like gluten-free and vegan food, I'm obviously like not in any way, would never pass myself off as anyone who knows much about either. But it's always about like focusing on what you can use rather than what you can't use. Mm -hmm. And if you focus with vegan food, there's actually like a ton of stuff at your disposal. Just if you just focus on what you can make. And the same with gluten-free. It's like you have rice, you have potatoes, you have... Well, with gluten-free, you have meat and you have all the produce and like there's a squash and there's so much that you can cook and just rather than, or rather than focusing on trying to recreate things Mm -hmm. that you can't really recreate, just like lean into the things that are naturally gluten-free or vegan. And And then you got a call next year that your sister's cured of celiac and your brother Brian was now eating meat and um, Will was eating meat. Is there anything that would change dramatically on your Thanksgiving table? The thing that would change is I would make, I love stuffing with like sourdough, like really Mm. good, highly glutinous bread I that's my favorite like for our you should make that for yourself this year no but I'm not gonna be what just and be like boy you guys should try this it's delicious oh well no everybody else can eat it except for Rachel well no can't your parents eat it but that would be the people who couldn't eat that because it also has chicken stock or turkey stock in it so Brian Jackie their unborn child you're depriving (laughs) my sister her daughter you're traumatizing my brother will so that's like six seven people well six people who can't eat it that's and 14 who can i know but you know i don't feel like that's in the spirit i feel like you're uh, welcoming people look i'm already out on the limb i felt like i feel like cooking a turkey at all is like i was like uh like you know but my brother brian to his credit like i i know he's not gonna he won't give me a hard time about it I, but i was like you know what he's gonna have to be smelling turkey which i'm sure is not his favorite so like i better i better make sure that there's a good vegan thing for him to eat that's gonna mm-hmm. be like good that won't be where where because i don't think it's i don't think it's nice to say well vegans t- or vegetarians can just eat the side dishes you know well it's I so interesting it's nice because something that's a centerpiece for them Well, what's so funny is like this podcast initially is all about like the link between psychology and food. And I think what's, as you're talking, you know, we got into all the specifics of cooking, but now like we're sort of nearing the end and got, you really got into like, there really are, I mean, Thanksgiving famously is like the holiday where families get torn apart and people throw dishes and somebody storms out and never comes back again. Uh, I mean, I think there was that movie Avalon that I saw with my parents, which is an obscure movie. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but like about like Jewish immigrants to America. And my parents quoted this line forever, but basically like they, they, there's this old Jewish uncle who always cuts the turkey and like um, they always let him cut the turkey. But one year he's really late. So they cut it without him and he comes in the door and he goes, you cut the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents kept saying that all throughout my childhood. Um, but yeah. Oh, but, one thing I want to say, I want to yeah. shout out 
I think like last year I made, because we, it was only like my immediate family for Thanksgiving, but I made a turkey breast with Samin Nosrat's buttermilk turkey mm. recipe. Smart. And it was delicious. It was yeah. so good. And I feel like that's particularly good for a small celebration. I think I'm nervous to make a buttermilk. It feels like to, to took a 20 pound turkey that way. Like I'm just, I just want to like, you know, be really safe with a very traditional bird, but like that was a really delicious recipe. Yeah. I don't yeah. make a lot of buttermilk brine chicken or turkey or whatever, but when I have, it really gets a cool yeah. color on it too. It just turn, almost turns yeah. like orange bronze color. Yeah. That was um, really good. Yeah. Well, Diana, and I think we only did yeah. like a half breast and it was still plenty of food. Um, so that's a good, that's a fun recipe for, yeah. Did we cover everything? Is there anything that we left out? Oh God, I don't think so. I've been yammering on. No, this is great. I think people are really inspired. now. I think your attitude about cooking for your gluten-free and vegan family members is very healthy and psychologically astute in terms of like, I mean, I think that's what I was going to say earlier when I was saying that this podcast is all about psychology, because it's like your mm -hmm. psychology, I mean, you you're sort of in a position as the host to psychoanalyze all your guests and like, how are they going to feel if I make my stuffing with the sourdough yeah. bread? And is it going to insult? And how is Brian going to feel if I, the smell of turkey right. is wafting around? So it's like you're, but it's also like, for, but on the flip side, psychologically, it's like your own desires for your own Thanksgiving. And it's like, you want that yeah. stuffing for yourself. And as your lunch therapist, I would say, I think, I still think you can make that stuffing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's cruel to the vegans because they are, that's the choice they've made their whole lives. I mean, they've always yeah. been around, around stuff like that. I'm sure. They go to coffee shops with pastries. They go to dinner parties with oh, desserts. Sure. So it's not, I mean, that's it's not crazy. Good vegan pastries is the truth. Yeah. But know. it only is, it's only gonna be Rachel and her daughter who, um, won't be able to eat it like because of physical biological reasons well the truth is though what occurs to me is that like stuffing like gravy and cranberry sauce is something that we should be eating all year oh uh, true because they're so yeah. delicious and why wait it's like i'm gonna make that stuffing for myself sometime that i won't be around people who can't eat it you know wait, i have your restaurant idea you know how there's like christmas stores that sell christmas goods all year round Oh, <laughs> you should have a Thanksgiving restaurant that serves Thanksgiving food all year round. And then you close on Thanksgiving, ironically. Interesting. So do, do you think that that restaurant would do like a brisk business in the middle of August? I guess it depends on where you live. Oh yeah. Like yeah, a hot sweltering hot day. Yeah. I could just go for some gravy right now. Um, well, Diana, thank you so much for taking the time to talk all about your Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, it was my pleasure. Yeah. Well now I actually have to like do all this stuff, but you know, it'll be fun. Do you think your family is going to listen to this? You know, we'll see. I'll have to tell them <laughs> it happens. But I know that some of them do kind of follow you. So they may uh, maybe. Yeah, but, but you didn't say you, if anything, I was the more provocative one pushing your. Oh, well, buttons. you know, yeah. my family is fantastic. They're wonderful. And they're very, very, you know, Brian is really, really graceful, honest. And honestly, he has brought us all around and made us more aware of issues that we should be aware of. So even though, and he was instrumental in turning my other brother, Will, I think, vegetarian or pescatarian. So mm. he's definitely made us all aware. And Rachel's made us more aware of, of gluten and, you know, yeah. celiac. So, you know, it's all a learning process and, you know, they're very, you know, they're not going to give me a hard time. They'll be grateful. Even if I do screw something up, which I might. Nice. Well, I can't wait to hear all about it on the other end, but yes. uh, all right. Well, enjoy your Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you after this, but for all our listeners, thanks again. Oh, it's my pleasure.